We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Mads, and I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman. He covers the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. We are recording this Tuesday night. Chris was in the building for the first day of 49ers training camp. They reported they took physicals. There were press conferences with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch and select players. We're going to talk about all the stuff that was said. And we got some Jimmy Garoppolo news and George Kittle sparked a debate. Let's get in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. So there's important stuff to get to, but more important than all that. George Kittle went to the podium today and asked who you're taking in a fight, a grizzly bear or a gorilla? A silverback gorilla. A silverback gorilla, I'm sorry. Yeah. Right. The biggest of all the gorillas. And... I brought that up as a joke as we were preparing for the pod and you and I got in a, in a real discussion about it. I said, this is, we have to talk about this. So let's spend a couple minutes on it before we get into Jimmy Garoppolo and Trey Lance and all that jazz. Yeah, it's for me, it's a grizzly Your, your team grizzly team grizzly. And a lot of it has to do with the claw factor. Like the, mm-hmm. I don't know what a gorilla has to defend against just a massive claw with just gigantic nails on it that can rip a face off basically and Mm -hmm. like i know silverback gorillas are certainly not to be trifled with this isn't an anti-silverback gorilla discussion it's just more for me about (laughs) the nuclear bomb in this fight is just a massive grizzly paw slash claw ripping a face off whereas a gorilla while more agile and potentially more dexterous um like infinitely more athletic i think yeah yeah that's fair but like 
I just don't I don't know what a gorilla can do against a grizzly that's really going to hurt the grizzly in the same way that the grizzly just needs one claw to potentially end the fight. See, but that's where that's where a I tend to agree with you and I'm partial toward bears because they're my favorite animal. But that's where I don't know with a with a with a gorilla is there a is there like a toughness to its hide that we are not or its skin that we're not taking into account like yeah the bear might get it but does it get it in the way that it would mess up a human and how does that pain register with the gorilla <laughs> you know that's what, like yeah if, if gorilla stands there and it wants to box and grizzly's just like bop claw to the face then yeah sure it's gonna be messed up but if gorilla is running in and it's it's bobbing and weaving and ducking and diving i think it could get the grizzly kind of off balance and when the grizzly's off balance like you said it's not super agile and at that point you get gorilla on the back you go rear naked choke <laughs> watch out for the tap from the grizzly because of the claws we we hit this topic on twitter and a bunch of people in the menchies dropped youtube videos apparently there have been like multiple deep dives on this subject as like a theoretical because i i mean i haven't watched any of the youtube videos that these people have sent um but there there seem to be conflicting reports based on these videos whether a bear or grizzly would win um but i don't know we might we might actually have a 49ers player come on the pod at some point over the next few weeks to further this this discussion so we can revisit it then and maybe i'll maybe i'll do a little bit more research and take take a dive into that youtube rabbit hole on uh on grizzly bears versus silverbacks you're gonna grind the all 22 you're not just gonna watch youtube highlights i'm I'm gonna i'm gonna look you're gonna get in the lab i'm gonna look at the scouting reports totally i'm gonna pull out the the stopwatch and clipboard Take some notes. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> Perfect. This po- that's the this podcast has never started better. Okay, let's talk about football. Sure. Some big news came out a little bit earlier this evening that Jimmy Garoppolo passed his physical, which means he is cleared by the 49ers doctors. So what does that mean? And then we'll get into what training camp might look like with Jimmy Garoppolo on the roster. But what does it mean? For the 49ers, well, they're no longer on the hook for his seven and a half million dollar injury guarantee, which is a significant deal mm-hmm. because now there's not this waiting process where they have to wait for him to be cleared, where they can I where they can release him and not be on the hook for that seven and a half million dollars. Now all options are on the table. There's no more waiting. If they are going to release him, if they're going to pull that plug, that can happen right now. And they're do $1.4 million in dead cap, and he is an unrestricted free agent. But it sounds like they're still going to wait around for a trade because they brought it this far. Why not continue waiting? Right. Yeah, so basically, it's a... I mean, it allows them to actually make a trade now, which they couldn't do before when he couldn't pass physical. Um, It alleviates, as you said, the $7.5 million injury guarantee and it also allows for the potentially super awkward dynamic of Jimmy Garoppolo being on the field Wednesday when the 49ers start training camp. What Kyle Shanahan did say about it, which I thought was interesting, 
which was sort of irrespective of how the physical went, was that Garoppolo's not going to practice with the team. Right. right. So, so I mean, Shanahan basically saying this is Trey Lance's team means Jimmy Garoppolo is no longer in the picture. And there was no discussion today about the 49ers even potentially keeping Jimmy Garoppolo around to be the backup. So there isn't any point in him taking another practice rep as a member of the 49ers. Um, I don't know that there's a point in him even being in a meeting room because if and when you trade him or release him and he ends up playing somewhere else, any information he could get in a meeting room could eventually be used against the 49ers if he's on an opponent or whatever, right? He's ostensibly not on the team. He's ostensibly not on the team, but Kyle Shanahan also said he's doing a throwing program and he might be out on the field tomorrow rehabbing, which would mean, you know, if you go out to practice uh, at the team's headquarters in Santa Clara, there are basically three fields. The first one is an artificial turf field. It's adjacent to the weight room and it's where guys do conditioning lunges. They do you know, the things where the weights are strapped to your waist and you walk backwards or sprint or whatnot, pull sleds. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where all that stuff happens. And if they want them to rehab on grass, there will be a corner of the, of one of the practice fields where they're doing all that stuff on grass. Um, And you're not allowed to take any video or pictures of any rehabbing player. That's a very explicit rule when it comes to, you know, covering training camp. But since I've been covering the team, which was in 2013, I've never seen a rehabbing quarterback out there to start training camp. Um, and I think it was 2016 when Colin Kaepernick was rehabbing from his shoulder injury, I believe, but he wasn't out there, you know, he wasn't out there doing anything. So, you know, to me, I think what makes the most sense, and maybe, you know, by the time this podcast comes out and people are listening to it, you know, it, it will have been reported that, you know, maybe the 49ers sent Jimmy Garoppolo back to L.A. or or excused him from training camp, given like there is no point in him being there. And if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, why would you want to be there? Yeah, hell no. Like, like hey, I, you guys are making me like participate in practice and like do rehab while you just told me yesterday that Trey Lance is a quarterback and I have no future here. Like, what am I doing here? You know, like, right. So, um, if he does, hey, real quick, if yeah. he does go out on the field for his throwing program that he's participating in and he's on a side field just going through with the personal coach or whatever he's doing, does he wear any 49ers gear? Uh, or is he decked out in Travis Matthew? No, nah, it might be just Jordan Brand. Yeah, Jordan Brand or Travis Matthew. I, I think, though, if he's on the field doing anything, it's going to be light conditioning work, at least like when reporters are out there. I would be shocked if Jimmy Garoppolo is out there throwing when reporters are around because There's then you would have no chance that happens. yeah then you would have reporters saying oh saw Jimmy Garoppolo throw it didn't look right. like he was throwing with much velocity you know like if that and there's no not, chance yeah whether or not that's right or wrong that's not what the 49ers or Jimmy Garoppolo should want right they any video right now of Jimmy Garoppolo I guess they wouldn't be allowed to take video but like any video or imagery of Jimmy Garoppolo throwing a football has to be kept under wraps because he's still well, I think early on in the process right of his and if, program. 
program. And every throw he's making him. is a every throw he's making is a floating wobbler. Like that's gonna get noted and reported. Which it might be because you know, like there's there have been reports saying that he's not gonna be fully cleared and ready to actually play football for another few weeks. So it's like if that's the case, whatever he's doing right now in terms of throwing is not gonna be, you know, he's not gonna look like Roger Clemens out there. Mm. Um, so you know, I no, they're not gonna do that in front of people. I I would be, you know, who knows? Maybe, maybe by the time this podcast is out, we'll we'll have the answer. But I, I just don't think that it behooves anybody to even have Jimmy Garoppolo on the practice field or or in the building much longer. If the end game here, which has already been decided, is him not being on the team, just trying to figure out whether that's, you know, his exit comes via trade or release. It is. I I'm going to use the word funny for lack of a better term, but it is kind of funny that they're. The questions that we talked about on this podcast was like, well, what do they do if he's cleared come training camp? Well, what do they do? And the answer is, well, he's just not going to practice. It's just the simplest, the simplest answer. It would just be so awkward if he was out there because like even Debo Samuel during OTAs, while it was clear he wasn't participating and a bunch of guys, no, like nobody participated in OTAs, but like, Debo Samuel was very much part of the team, right? Like he is a member of the 49ers. He's a teammate, even though his contract stuff was still up in the air and still is. And we can talk about it. But um, like the, he's he's on the team. Debo Samuel was on the team. So it made sense for him to be on the sidelines, to be chatting up his teammates, to have the play sheet, to be talking over things with coaches as practice is happening. There was zero benefit for Jimmy Garoppolo to be out there. Yeah. in any capacity and so if he's even over on the side like doing his thing it's so weird it's like what's the point he could be doing that in la with his own people it's like it's like if someone kicks you out of a party but you still want to just stick around it's like no i'm not i'm not gonna let. it's awkward yeah you've been you kicked out wanna... of the house party but you're like hanging around the beer pong game in the front yard right and nobody and everyone playing beer pong is knows you've been kicked out but they're like it's really clear. Nobody wants you there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, no, I'm you don't have next, from bro. You're not at this party. <laughs> been there. You've been there. You've yeah. Been, Who 80, among 86, us? You've been 86 from a house party. No. Oh, okay. I didn't go to house parties. That requires friends. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you went to Sac State. I had a, a dude in 2009, 2008, 2009, 2010-ish. I was lonely and full of shante spencer takes so <laughs> you picked the right there's profession. somebody hey there's somebody there's at least one person listening to this podcast that feels that and shout out to that person yeah for sure i was like one of two 49ers fans back when i was a 49ers fan before i started covering the team at um the ohio state yeah at ohio state and the. it was back when they were bad I was there, what, 2009 through 2011. So it was like... Uh, what was their natty year, 07? Well, they won it in 15. Uh, Troy Smith and Ted Ginn. Is that 06? 06? I don't remember. That was before they were really on my radar. I remember they oh, won five. it. I don't remember exactly what year it was. Um, anyway, but that I would go to Buffalo Wild Wings and watch a bad version of the 49ers play on a tiny little TV. Um, and like you, I was 
developing Shante Spencer takes on my own because none of my friends wanted to go watch the shitty 49ers. <laughs> Sounds awesome. That yeah, was fun. Sounds like a great time. In yeah, Columbus. It, was, it was cool. Shouts to B-dubs. Um, if I go to Columbus and I go to the Buffalo Wild Wings, are going to drop your name? Yeah, zero people will know who I am. Oh, okay. I was yeah. hoping to like score some free. Yeah, no, I don't think I don't think I'm I'm remembered really. Like maybe some like journalism teachers. Sure, but you're largely unspectacular. Oh, extremely, <laughs> extremely unspectacular. Anyway, um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Jimmy. But it was. I mean, what was nice about today from our perspective was that just that Kyle Shanahan finally said it and he kind of said it unprovoked. Like somebody asked John Lynch a question about Jimmy Garoppolo that wasn't to the effect of. um, Oh, someone asked uh, uh, John if he would expect Jimmy to be practicing or, or holding him out. John said, you know, there's always a, a reacclimation of practice and all that. So there's throwing on the side and ramping up and he's still working on that, which is kind of a non-answer. It says, you know, Jimmy's not really ready to practice yet. And then Shanahan comes in, which is normally what he doesn't do. And then he starts talking and talking and he says, you know, we we talked to Jimmy today. All three of us are on the same page. This is Trey's team. We're, we're going with Trey from here on out, et cetera, et cetera. And it was just nice to like, all right, he finally said it, right? Because frankly, like, I've heard that he said it, just not on the record, like back in March, <laughs> right? Huh. Like, this has been a well-known thing. Anybody who's been close to the situation knows that the 49ers have been moving away from Jimmy Garoppolo to Trey Lance for months, which is why all the discussion about it has been a little bit frustrating, particularly when, you know, they're like national people saying things like the 49ers are really worried about Trey Lance and citing their reason as Jimmy Garoppolo still being on the roster. It's like, okay, well they're moving on. Like <laughs> it's not he speculation. It. Like Kyle Shanahan has said this off the record and now they said it on the record. We could acknowledge that he's been saying this for a while now. I was well, and it was really clear just in in a- action speak louder than words right absolutely and all the every everything that had happened to this point throughout the offseason pointed to all right Trey Lance is the starter oh Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster yeah he had shoulder surgery well why did he have shoulder surgery right. because he wanted to to rehab it without surgery and waited as long as possible right and we don't need to it. relitigate we don't need to relitigate all that stuff right no right so it was all out there and it it's like you said, it's like Kyle Shanahan saying this say, yeah, it's newsworthy because he's finally saying it, but he's just saying the quiet stuff out loud now. And the interesting, I thought the, the most interesting part today was he said some iteration of we've moved on to Trey. This is Trey's team. Something of that nature, like four different times. It was very clear. He wasn't trying to do the dance around, you know, we're going to do what's best for our football team. It's our job to do the, to make the best decision for our football team. We're going to, we're going to win football games or try and win football games. He was like, this is Trey's team. Trey's right. the quarterback. And as, as black and white as it is really as he's been on, on anything. Right. And the players coming in who spoke at the press conference today after the fact 
they were asked about that and said, you know, there hasn't really been any discussion from Shanahan directly. Like they were kind of surprised that Shanahan said it. But I also sense that they were like kind of glad that, okay, they finally said it. like George Kittle was like, you know, everybody I talk to in the off season is asking me, Jimmy or Trey, Jimmy or Trey. And I'm just glad I don't really have to answer it anymore. And then he joked, he was like, well, you guys will still ask us about it. I'm like, no, we won't. <laughs> like, we're not going to ask about it because because Kyle just said it. So, like, it's fine now. But, I mean, they do need to figure out a way to get Jimmy off the roster. So this awkwardness, um, you know, this awkward dynamic doesn't continue to exist. But, um, yeah, I mean, there's just clarity on it now. And I think now it's just how does he leave? And, like, honestly, there's a ton of discussion about it. And everyone, everybody wants to know what happens. It's going to be anticlimactic. They're not going to go get two second round picks for Jimmy right now. Like they're either going to get a conditional mid or late round pick or whatever, based on however much Jimmy Garoppolo plays, if they even get a trade or it's just going to be, they release him. Yeah. And then that's going to be that. And Trey Lance is going to be the starter and it's not going to be some blockbuster deal. Like this story has already peaked. And ultimately, I think it it peaked and reached its end point today with Kyle Shanahan actually saying it. And then, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo's eventual departure is just going to be like, all right, they got a conditional fifth that maybe turns into a fourth if he starts 14 games next year or whatever. Right. Um, and that's and that might even be contingent on Deshaun Watson or something like that. Right. And so far, it doesn't sound like the Browns and I guess they're they're in a holding pattern when it comes to the discussion, but like it doesn't seem like the Browns are interested because I right. would think, you know, they know they have to have an idea that Deshaun Watson's going to get suspended for some amount of length, whether it's, you know, half mm-hmm. the season or the full season. And I would think if they believe that Watson was getting suspended for the entire year, that they would have already made a move unless right. they just really love Jacoby Brissett that much, which is possible because NFL teams have, you know, got NFL talent evaluators and GMs like their guys. And sometimes that's not the right decision. Sometimes it is, but Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what the market's going to be in a trade. And ultimately I'm expecting Jimmy Garoppolo to get released because I mean, at some point, Jimmy Garoppolo has got to be like, guys, just let me go. Yeah. Well, exactly. And that's how long can the Niners sit there and wait, hold on to him and go, because every, every, Everything that was said today portrayed some kind of like what's the the relationship is amicable at least is that the right use of that I don't yeah. know there it's an there's no divorce. ill will yeah Shanahan said there's no ill will from either side the Niners don't want to screw him over and I don't think the Niners are going to just hold on to him at this point because Garoppolo really did him solid last year they're not just going to hold on to him. And be like, hey, we got you till August 30th, man. Like, if we don't find right. a trade partner, tough. So I think this ends probably in the next week or so. And yeah. it's going to end with like an Adam Schefter tweet that's like, per source, Jimmy Garoppolo has requested his release and the 49ers plan on granting it to him or something like that. Yeah. And maybe, look, maybe, you know, I don't know if the Seahawks are a good example because they're in the division, but maybe like a team like Seattle looks at Geno Smith and um, 
God, I blanked on I've blanked on so many names today. I've Drew talked about Lock. Drew Lock. Thank you. I did three radio hits today. Um, and now I'm doing a podcast. <laughs> um, the Seahawks could look at Geno Smith and Drew Lock in practice situations and be like, "Yeah, yikes! Let's let's make a move for Jimmy here." And maybe somebody else does the same thing. Maybe the Falcons decide to do it. You know, some random team that doesn't really have an established starter. I mean, Marcus Mariota is an established starter, I guess, but like, it, you know, would it be insane if the Falcons were like, yeah, you know what? Let's throw him a conditional draft pick to to give, you know, Desmond Ritter and Marcus Mariota a little bit more comp. The fascinating one, I don't want to spend all day on this, but the fascinating one to me is the Lions have come up like in mm. betting markets. Yeah, they're, the last I looked, I think they were second had the second best odds or worst odds what's how's that work best best okay second best, best odds yeah jimmy garoppolo would make the lions a better team and if the lions are getting him in the free agent market where they can be like yeah hey here's eight million dollars you can be our starter man it would be it would be a real bummer for jimmy garoppolo if he ended up with the lions I think. they're everybody's they're everybody's pick this year to be to be a surprise team NFC North, not that good. NFC in general, not that good. They're looking at Jared Goff and going, hey, we got TJ Hawkinson. He's kind of like George Kittle a little bit. Can you Hawkinson name a Lions receiver? That. I'm in Ross and Brown. Okay. And then they drafted. Oh, they, they drafted the Alabama kid, right? With the knee. Yeah, Jamison Williams. And they also have. It was a perfect, you know, a deep, a speedy deep threat is exactly how you, who you want to pair with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Lions have somebody. Else. Oh, DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, really good running back. Sure. Yeah. No, I, the Lions would make sense. I'm not a team like that for sure. Could definitely. DJ Shark. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, I mean, so, okay, so let's back up a little bit. The point here is that any team, and the Lions could be one of those teams, could watch practice now that every single team is is having training camp 
they could watch their quarterback situation and then be like, okay, now we should make a move for Jimmy. At which point the 49ers, if they swing a deal, the 49ers would look, I mean, it would be a nice development for them after all of this to actually get something for Jimmy Garoppolo when it, peer, when it looks like there's absolutely zero market. You know, that's a good thing for them. But ultimately, like, I just don't know how I, – I, I don't find it likely that there is going to be a trade market that really materializes in a way that makes sense because right. doing well by Jimmy Garoppolo means getting him out of the building as soon as possible. Exactly. To allow him time to acclimate to his new team, right? Because if Jimmy Garoppolo, if they wait the entire month of August and then yeah. just and then just cut Jimmy Garoppolo during final cuts, he's a free agent a week and a half before the season starts, and then <laughs> he has zero chance at winning a starting job anywhere. And banking on a quarterback injury is not probably the move. It's probably not good karma either. Well. Yeah. Right. Like, no, we're going to hold on to this guy because some other quarterback's going to get hurt. Like just, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a huge karmic energy guy, but I just feel like it's, that's a bad idea. Like you're just asking for some messes with your chakras. Yeah. Just the vibes, uh, bad vibes. Totally. That's fair. (laughs) That's my analysis. Bad vibes. When do you think a Debo Samuel deal is going to get done? And again, shout out to Tim Kawakami for getting a ton of this information the day before the presser. But <laughs> let's talk about Debo Samuel again. So John Lynch said that there have been substantial talk or sub- substantive talks. Easy for me to say um, with Debo Samuel, but he would say there's nothing imminent and he's not going to offer a timeline on it, which to me indicates they're not particularly close. Right. I do like I'm said it on here. I think a deal is going to get done eventually i just don't know how easy it's going to be to get to that deal i don't know if it's going to get acrimonious at all um it wouldn't surprise me if it got acrimonious based on some of the things that i've heard but we'll see it's just super complicated i would say before the first preseason game yeah the fact that they're talking and those talks were called substantive is progress, right? He's in the building. Tory Dandy, his agent, is in the building participating in contract talks because when he requested a trade back in April, the report was he, the 49ers were told, don't even offer, don't even put an offer on the table. Right. Get me out of here. So it's progress. But yeah, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there's it feels like we're barreling towards that hold in that we discussed on our last pod. Friday, August 12th is the first preseason game. So that's just sure over is. two weeks. I think, I think that's a good over under that preseason game. And until then, like until he signs a new deal, I would expect him to be out at practice. And I don't know if he'd be like in uniform. He probably won't have a helmet. He'd probably be on the sideline the same way he was during, um, the mandatory OTAs and I'm not sure I'm not sure exactly what a hold-in looks like because we haven't had a hold-in before Um, but I think it'll get done I think both sides are going to have to make concessions and I think in the early part of negotiations that's not the time when concessions are made and deadline spur action at some point the 49ers are going to have to bite the bullet and 
to get their guy signed and Debo is going to have to bite the bullet and maybe take less money than he's expecting because he hasn't had the career or resume um, that, you know, Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill have had because those guys, while Debo was an all pro last year and he obviously deserves a substantial raise. The thing is with Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill is those are their their new deals they signed this offseason, which are at the top of the market, hovering around $30 million a year. It's their third contract for both those guys, right? And we're talking about Debo's second. So the track record isn't there. And, you know, like, obviously, Debo, incredible player, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, at some point, you kind of get paid for what you've achieved and, and how reliable you've proven to be Mm -hmm. and Debo had a good rookie year. Basically his second year was wiped out because of injury and then an elite third year. So, you know, ideally you pay a guy and that was the difference with George Kittle and Fred Warner. Like they had multiple elite seasons before they got their top of the market contracts. Right. So that's a complicating factor. One thing I did find very interesting And Kyle Shanahan has said he has a bad poker face. He's not a great liar. Um, And if you've covered him and been in as many press conferences with him as I have, you can kind of tell when he's playing a little bit of poker, I guess, is is the way to say it. And when he's ready to give you, you know, when he's confident and comfortable in what he's talking about, he'll give you a very expansive answer. Like if you ask him about football stuff, like I asked him about, you know, how he refines Trey Lance's, um, you know, fundamentals and accuracy and and his role in that versus um, what like the QB gurus do with Trey, you know, when he's not at Mm -hmm. the team facility and he gave a great answer and I'm not going to spoil that because that's, off topic and I'm going to write about it in the Sacramento Bee. So subscribe to the Sacramento Bee. But um sacbee.com slash 49ers. Yeah. Um so Kyle Shanahan was asked if him and Debo Samuel are on the same page in terms of the role that Debo Samuel would ideally want. And Shanahan gave a one sentence answer and was very stern about it. It was like, yeah, Debo and I have talked and we're on the exact same page. And that was basically his entire answer which to me felt like poker, right? Like I'm not saying Shanahan's flat out lying because he very well could be on the exact same page with Debo. But if I were to try to get, if I were to try to read between the lines there, I would say, which has been reported that the role is a substantial issue. And maybe, you know, I mean, Debo Sammy doesn't want to be used as a running back. I think the the thing that's really important, though, is it behooves both sides to avoid using Debo Samuel too much as a running back because the 49ers want to keep Debo Samuel healthy and fresh just as badly as Debo Samuel wants to be healthy and fresh. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Shanahan is just the type of playmaker or play caller, play designer, who is not going to think about Debo Samuel's contract when it's third and four in the fourth right. quarter of a game against the Rams. Right. He's going to do what it takes to win. Right. So I don't know. I don't know I when it's going to get done. I think it's going to get done. I would say the first preseason game, I, I, which is 
just over two weeks away would be when I would expect it to get done by. I wouldn't be surprised if the hangup would wind up being over years more than money. Because one of the things Ian Rappaport is pretty consistently reported is that Debo's worried about like his next contract. Like, yeah, this contract's great, but he wants another one. He wants a Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill third contract. Right. Which is why his role matters so much to him. Because if he's getting seven, eight, nine, ten carries a game, the chances that he gets to that third contract healthy enough to get paid are are a lot less. Yeah, so and- I wouldn't be surprised if he's like, Hey, I want three years. Like I'll take 20 million a year, but I want three years. And then the Niners I mean, are trying to get five. And see, I would think it's the opposite. I would think Debo would want a longer deal and the Niners would want shorter. Interesting. Why? Because, because like, say, you know, what happened with D Ford, right? So five year deal dealt with a lot of injuries. And because he dealt with all the injuries, it made the length of that deal problematic. If that was a three-year deal and D Ford had his injuries, it wouldn't have been problematic because it was a short contract. Mm-hmm. Um, like nothing is guaranteed for guys like Debo because like say, you know, Zeke Elliott's contract was what, five years when he signed it with the Cowboys for a Something lot like of money. That, yeah. I think mm-hmm. it was a long contract. And it was pretty clear by like years two and three, it was like, man, Zeke's still under contract and he's getting how much? Right. Like that's kind of how I would look at it if I'm the 49ers, which is why I would, I would, I mean, I think it's ultimately going to be a four-year deal. So like that, the happy medium, right? I think to Rappaport's point and talking about the length of the deal, I think when people talk about the length of contracts, they, they're ultimately talking about guaranteed money. Because the more guaranteed money you get basically determines how long the contract is. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like if say, just let's just do a round number. Say it's a four year, hundred million dollar contract and 75 mm-hmm. of it is guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You do pretty simple math. It's like, okay, three years of that contract are guaranteed. Right. Right. If it's 50 million, okay, two years of that contract are guaranteed. Right. So, you know, it could be like, all right, it's a four year deal, but the Niners want to guarantee 40 million and Debo wants 60 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Right. Which basically means, you know, the cap number, we're on the hook for this money in year three. We don't know if we want to be on the hook for that much money in year three because of the way he plays and the injury stuff. Like, so anyway, that's, that's, it's just super complicated, right? There's so many factors. This is, I think this is the most complicated contract the 49ers have had to do since I've covered the team. Yeah, it's definitely the least straightforward from a positional perspective, from a, there's a trade request thrown in the mix. Yeah, like this is the most dramatic complicated situation that i think we've had from a contract perspective yeah because it sounds like it's going the right direction yeah even like colin kaepernick like that contract was like a lot of money but it's like all right he's your franchise quarterback he's due like you got to pay him jimmy's thing it wasn't necessarily about the money it was well have we seen him play enough to commit to him because quarterbacks when quarterbacks get their deals like whatever the market is dictates how much they're going to get which isn't the same for other positions so right 
Yeah. And it also comes at a time when receiving receiver contracts are exploding. And I do wonder if there's going to be a market correction at some point in the future, because there are so many good receivers. That's the, that supply and demand don't match up. Wide receivers don't matter. <laughs> They're just, uh, I'm not saying it's going to Joking. get to the, yeah, yeah, Yeah. But it's a premium position, no doubt. And having good receivers is super important. But also, I think if you're worth your salt these days as a talent evaluator, you could find good receivers in the draft and get them on rookie contracts and not have to pay $30 million a year for a good one. Can I go off on a tangent for a second? Absolutely. Speaking of wide receivers, this has nothing to do with the 49ers, except for they might play the Buccaneers in the playoffs. But... I can't believe that in 2022, we're still doing the, oh, that team signed Julio Jones thing. He's played 19 games the last two years. And last year with the Titans and and Ryan Daniel stinks. So fine. He just wasn't good in nine games. And in 10 games the year before that with Atlanta, he was he was not as good as, as he was. Like, he might still be fine, but... Chris Godwin and Mike Evans are both better players at this point. And is he better than whoever their third receiver is going to be? Russell Gage? I get probably, but the reaction of like the Buccaneers just signed prime Julio Jones was outrageous. I'd be shocked if they got like 12 games from it. Right. Like he's, at this point in his career, he's the type of player who can only go to a contending team with an, an elite quarterback because yeah, you're just and like, other good receivers already. Like, let's just, yeah, let's just tread water till we get to the playoffs. And if you're, if you're healthy in the playoffs, maybe you can be a weapon for us. But right. like, you're not going to send, you're like, if you're the Texans. You're not going to sign Julio Jones to get in the way of like receivers you're trying to develop. Yeah. While you're not winning anything. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I feel like receivers. It was like, it was like when the Lakers signed Carmelo. It was like, <laughs> oh, they got Carmelo. Like, really? We're doing that? Right. Anyways. It's, I, I mean, Niners fans have been infatuated with Josh Gordon like forever. I think, I, honestly, Every fan base is fair. Josh Gordon is an enigma, dude. I just think it's funny. It's like every single stop, like he hasn't been good. And everybody remembers the one crazy legit season he had. And is like, maybe it's still in there. It's like (laughs) every stop he's been to, he's proven that is not, that's not the case. Right. Remember (laughs) when the Chiefs signed him? I think he's still on the Chiefs. Is he really? Yeah, we might have. But ESPN and Adam Schefter put out the graphic that was like, who's stopping this offense? Right. And it was like Mahomes, Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, Josh, Josh Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to joke about like him getting suspended and whatever issues he's dealing with that leads to those no, suspensions. No, that's not the joke. But the, the, the issue is the suspensions keep happening. Like that's right. That, that's not this. that is not funny. That's not funny at all. No, but it's just it, the it, funny is the reaction, the infatuation with like, oh, I got to get this guy. It's like, all right. Yeah, he was awesome in 2013, which is eight years ago now. Right. Nine years ago. Jesus. Where's time going? Bro, Noel Devine's kid 
got an offer from West Virginia. Yeah, I'm washed. Noel Devine's kid. In my brain, I was watching Noel Devine high school highlights with my buddies like three years ago. And it was actually like 17 years ago. In my head, I would like, as I'm new to covering the 49ers, and this was my 10th training it for camp. A decade. <laughs> Which is great Sick. because I can look at people who've been covering the team a lot longer than me and take a sigh of relief. Like, okay, I'm yeah. washed and I've been doing this for a little while now, but I'm not as experienced Same as name. the other guys. <laughs> Same name. Say somebody's name. No, I mean, there are people who've been on the beat way longer than I have. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say names. People know who they are. All friends of the mm-hmm. pod. And this is not a derogatory thing. I'm just saying how washed I feel thinking about 10 years when I'll, when I realize that I, I'm nowhere near the longest tenured people on the beat. That's all. You know when I feel washed? When we go to a bar in downtown Sacramento on a Saturday night and I walk in and it looks like I'm walking into a room full of children. <laughs> Holy smokes. Depends on the bar, I guess. That second place we went to, what's it called? The Snug. Shout out to The Snug. I like that place. Good vibes. Yeah, there. The Snug was great. Good drinks. But yeah. when we walked in, every person in there looked 16 years old to me. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they're not. They're legal drinking age. But... Man, I felt very, very old in downtown Sack the other night. Yeah, yeah, and I felt, I felt young because I made the stupid mistake of starting with beer and then moving to cocktails. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I, I know, I know so much better than that, and I'm just based on how terrible I felt the day after. I was kind of upset with myself. That's why I enjoyed the Cooperage event so much because it was just beer, and I'm fine because I mix in some waters. I drink a Pedialyte. I'm good in the morning. Yeah, I was hurting after the Cooperage event, but it was worth it. Um, yeah, might be, might be round two, might be coming. We'll see. Round two? We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Um, what else from today? Just Red starting season on the pop list. Yeah, no surprise. Charlie Werner had off-season core muscle surgery. He will also start the season on the pup list. And Kalia Davis, sixth-round defensive lineman from UCF, he had a ACL tear last year, and he will start the season on the NFI list, the non-football injury list. Yeah, the expectation with him is to redshirt this season, I believe, yeah. and come back next year. Um, yeah, I mean, there were some things that were interesting about the Trey Lance discussion, like George Kittle saying, you know, the type of stuff like our best players have to be our best players and we have to make life easy for Trey, um, which sort of points to what we talked about in last night's pod, which is a good pod, by the way. Um, <laughs> you should go listen to that one, too. Listen to it haven't. if you haven't. Yeah, this is a good pod. I feel like we, we both brought we both brought some bangers. Um but sort of along the along the lines of the discussion that we had, like Trey Lance is the most is the biggest story on the team right now, but he's not going to contribute to them winning. I don't think at least during the first half of the season as much as their defense and the running game will. Mm-hmm. And I kind of got those vibes today by the way some of the veterans are talking about it. Like, all right, well, it's our job. You know, Eric Armstead said, you know, I'm a defensive player and. You know, my mindset is I want to be on a team that wins because of the defense. And our goal is to 
you know, if we don't if we don't allow any points, we win. No matter what's happening on offense, we don't want to rely on the offense to outscore anybody. We want to win defensively by preventing the other team from scoring, which is intuitive and makes a lot of sense. But in the context of, hey, we have a rookie quarterback who's or a first year quarterback who's never played a full season. You know, it's pretty clear, I think, just overall, the organization's going into it like we're going to try to have a top five defense. We're going to try to have a top five running game and let Trey Lance develop at the pace he needs to develop at. And if he takes a step or two during the season and starts to play his best football during the playoffs, if they get there, then maybe that's when, you know, you you start to hit the gas pedal a little bit. But um it's going to be a conservative team that relies heavily on, on, you know, defense and, and the running game, I think. Yeah. I don't know how much on a, on a play to play basis. I don't know how much different it's going to look. And that was something else Kyle Shanahan talked about today was Trey Lance, not being a running quarterback. And he was talking about having a backup with the similar skill set to the QB one. That's something he's always talked about. So you don't have to have a different offense for your backup. And the question was posed like, Hey, Nate Sudfeld is the backup for Trey Lance. Like Nate Sudfeld is as generic as it gets. And Trey Lance might've been built in a lab. (laughs) And, and Kyle Shanahan's answer more or less, I don't have the exact quote, but was more or less like, no, they're going to run the same offense. It's just sometimes Trey's physical gifts will take over and we'll extend a play or get an extra first down out of it or what have you. It doesn't sound like designed runs are going to be a significant part of the, I think they'll be in there. They'll mix them in here and there, but I, I, I don't know to the, to the, to the lay person, how much different the offense is actually going to look. So I think one thing that a couple of the, the players talked about, I think George Kittle talked about this, probably the biggest difference that, they're going to see with Trey Lance is going to be the off schedule stuff. The, you know, extending the plays, avoiding pass rush, scrambling. Um, And we saw elements of that last year. And I think that could be some, that could be an area as long as like Trey Lance isn't, isn't abandoning the structure of the plays too early, which I know Mm -hmm. is, is often a critique of mobile quarterbacks. Um, But I think, you know, after Jimmy Garoppolo, suffered his ACL tear early in 2018, he sort of lost that ability to extend plays. You remember in 2017 before the knee injury, he was was like pretty, pretty good at extending plays and like making guys miss in the open field. He wasn't fast or quick, but like he just had very subtle movements that made him difficult to, to get if you were a pass rusher. And he kind of lost that after the injury. I thought like, the play I always think about, remember in that December game in 2017 against the Jaguars where he rolled left near the goal line and then like mm-hmm. threw back towards the right to Trent Taylor Trent Taylor. Yeah. And that was like, I was like, wow, that's like a pretty like mm-hmm. athletic, like outside the pocket play from a mostly pocket quarterback. And like, that's where Jimmy Garoppolo sort of drew the Tony Romo comparisons where it was like. Yeah, he can extend plays. He's he's a little shifty. He's got some movement to him. And then that went away after the ACL tear. Right. That is one area, particularly like in big games, right? Like the Super Bowl, the NFC Championship game. 
if Jimmy Garoppolo could like evade the pass rush and just go scramble for a first down with his legs more consistently or like make mm-hmm. a linebacker miss in the open field and just move the chains a couple more times, you might be talking about him in com- a completely different context, right? Trey totally Lance has that skill set to do to make some of those plays. So like ideally you know, you don't want him relying on it too much, like over relying on it in a way mm-hmm. that like he's not making his reads and seeing open receivers and stuff like that. But it could be an element that the 49ers offense has never really had under Kyle Shanahan. And if you think about what the ceiling of the offense could be, given the structure of the offense, like Jimmy excelled within the structure of the offense. Right. But when those plays didn't work, they, the Niners didn't really have any answers outside the structure of the offense. Mm-hmm. You might have those answers outside the structure of the offense now with a quarterback like Trey Lance. Yeah, and I think that's the goal. Like you said, maybe it takes some time to find that balance of going through reads, here comes the rush, going to bail, extend the play, versus not just hitting the top of the drop, first read's not there, and bail. There will probably be a little bit of that, but I think that is better than the opposite where he's standing in the pocket for too long and holding onto the ball and oh, yeah, yeah. taking a sack or something like that. So, yeah, I, I, I think that that was the whole reason they drafted him is not because, oh, hey, he's going to turn into Lamar Jackson. It's There's this added element that he brings of a stronger arm and the speed and athleticism that a typical pocket passer doesn't have. But he's also going to have those qualities of a pocket passer where in a big spot, he can just drop back and sling it. Nick and I talk Nick, Nick Wagner. Wagner of ESPN, our favorite um, cast member. Uh, we talked to Steve, Steve Young in Tahoe at the um, American Century Championship golf tournament about Trey Lance and and I asked him because Steve talks about this a lot I asked him about Trey Lance specifically in like mobile quarterbacks and guys who rely on their mobility as a crutch versus an asset right like obviously if you're an athletic quarterback it can be a huge asset for you but if you rely too heavily on it it can be a detriment because you're not reading the offense and Steve's point and just about every NFL person's point is you have to win from the pocket like to win a Super Bowl, yeah. you just have to be able to win from the pocket. Um, and he describes the he described being able to scramble around and make plays outside the structure of the offense is like reading cliff notes while preparing for a test. Hmm. You know, you you don't read the book, but you approach the test with, you know, you like you read the cliff notes and you have like kind of a basic understanding, but you're not going to ace the test. Right. Like mm-hmm. you're you're not going to get an A plus on a test where you don't do the reading. Even mm-hmm. if you do just do the clip, whereas like if you can throw the pocket, that's the equivalent of like doing the reading right. and being able to ace that test. Right. So I right. thought that was a really interesting way to put it. Um, that's also going to be in the Sacramento Bee at some point soon. Um, <laughs> subscribe. Yeah, when when a when a defense is going to sell out to stop the run, can you beat them right and if you can do that against the 49ers offense where lance can make teams pay for putting eight guys in the box 
it's going to be really tough to defend the 49ers. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and finally I have clarity. There's practice. People will probably might be listening to this on their way to camp. Yeah. There'll be fans out there. I think there'll definitely be fans out there. There'll be ro- the, the rookie hype machines. Always fun on social media. See Can't Drake wait. Jackson with the flag and do a dance. Maybe I bet Drake Jackson will do like a, like a um, tumble, you know, like okay. the gymnastics thing. Oh yeah, for sure. You do um, a backflip. Yeah. Like, like a tumble a to a backflip, whatever the official term handspring. Is. Yeah, it, yeah. There you go. Thank you. I'm not a, I'm very much not a gymnast, nor am I familiar with the gymnast term. So you do yoga, which is like slow gymnastics. So yeah, it's like non-athletic gymnastics. Totally. Um, I don't even like that comparison. Actually, I don't think it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Yeah. So we'll be back with a pod Thursday. Thursday evening. It'll come be out, out Friday. Yeah, it'll be out Friday. Unless I will be back at practice Saturday. Unless something crazy happens at practice Wednesday. Well, if Debo signs his contract, we should probably do a pod. I'll be out at the Hilton in Santa Clara with 95.7 The Game. If you're in the area, hit me up. Yeah, shoot me go a tweet, see Kyle. Shoot me a DM, whatever. Say what's up. Yeah, It'll be great. Yeah, go do that. Unless you don't like me, then don't come say hi. And my ego can't handle that. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> dislikes you. Um, yeah, I'll be at practice. Ba- I'll be back at practice on Saturday. The pads come on next week. I got to figure out my schedule when I can get down there. But I will be down there. Dick. as often as i can be now that i'm in sacramento and i was i was in the car for five hours today it was summer it was fun it's part of the grind oh yeah part of okay. the grind let's get out of here subscribe rate review tell all your friends hey fo- football season's actually here football. let's go let's go This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.